1: Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business. Greetings of the day, my fellow listeners, and welcome to another edition of Building Better Businesses. I am your host, Steve Eschbach. I have been doing this for about a year now, and I'm, uh, I've had so many guests, and uh, we're going to have another one that's going to talk about a topic that'll be near and dear to everyone's heart, how to increase sales, but we'll get into that in a moment. I am currently the owner of World Business Advisors. I have a branch office here in Naperville, Illinois, one of uh, about six of us in the Chicagoland area. We are the largest and fastest growing business brokerage in the world. I'm one of about 220 of them uh, throughout the world. They're, we're located here in the US and uh, 15 other countries worldwide. Pretty much, we assist business owners confidentially sell their businesses and match them with qualified buyers. We also do franchise sales for those or executives in transition or anybody else looking to buy a franchise. And for those business owners that want to expand via the franchise model, we also do franchise development. We can assist you from anything from marketing through the documentation needed to uh, getting you up and running and uh, get those franchisees on board to help you expand your business. But today we're going to talk about increasing sales, and I'm delighted to have my guest today, Carl Meyer from Houston, Texas. He is the CEO and founder of the... uh, He calls it a mental uh, framework, and I don't mean that in derogatory at all, but it's called the Abundant Framework. So, Carl, welcome, and uh, thanks for joining us today, and tell us a little bit about Abundant and the framework we're going to be talking about later.
0: Right. Thank you uh, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Abundant is the company, and the Abundant Framework is the model for growing companies, so had experience both managing companies, founding companies, as well as advising companies that got to a certain point and were trying to grow to the next level. And so that's where the Abundant Framework comes in.
1: And We're going to be talking a little bit more about that. But as I do with most of my guests, I like to rewind the videotape and I like to take it back far and we're gonna start with your childhood. So where were you born and raised? And tell me a little bit about your parental and family influence on uh, who you are today and uh, you know how, how you got to your successes uh, with Abundant.
0: Great. Well, I grew up in
1: Cincinnati. Cincinnati,
0: Ohio's a very German town and my family was uh, predominantly German and so had a uh, fairly disciplined upbringing and really think that served me well, fit well with my personality as well. So that's kind of where I got started. I did have a particular thing happen when I was 10 years old. So when I was 10 years old, one day my parents came and asked my sister and I if we wanted to go to Disney World, which was fairly new at the time. Of course, we were thrilled, can't wait to go, when do we leave? And the day came and we're driving to the airport so i'm the inquisitive kid and i say well what airline are we flying down to florida to, to go to disney world and it turns out we we're flying on a private jet and this just very uh, out of character for us we were not uh, extremely wealthy people and so i was asking more and more questions it turned out there was a gentleman my grandfather had helped many years before who was kind of repaying the favor he'd become extremely successful and had three private jets in his fleet and so my cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents were all going down and so at some point i i asked my parents well wait if my grandfather lent this gentleman the money why don't we have the jets and of course at that point they told me to go play with my cousins and leave them alone we're on vacation <laughs> and this point though it i was really intrigued this is fascinating to me and so didn't take too long. I was le- reading the Wall Street Journal every day. Eventually, went on to study economics and get my MBA, and so on and so forth.
1: Oh, that's a fascinating story. So, what what was the uh, outcome of the uh, private jet story? Did you ever did anyone ever tell you about that?
0: So, I mean, it was the gentleman had he had started a retail store with the loan from my grandfather and grew that into a chain of stores. And from there, he went into finance and, you know, started buying other businesses and eventually became one of the 500 wealthiest men in the United States. So it's quite a fascinating story.
1: So I get a sense that that's kind of where your uh, development uh, came from, is that experience that you had with your family and, uh, and they got you going. How about your uh, formative years? What were you studying when you were, let's say, in uh, the grammar school, high school, college age? Was it in sales and marketing and doubling growth, or was it something else?
0: Well, you know, it really wasn't about sales per se. My my father was a salesperson his whole life, excellent. Very, very uh, good salesperson, certainly watched him, had an opportunity to work with him for a number of years, so learned a lot from him. But was also trying to figure out why, you know, companies, a lot of companies have good salespeople, but not all of them grow, and I've even seen you know some companies with very good salespeople get stuck. In fact, uh, my father's company at one point got stuck. You know, it grew to a certain point and it didn't grow any further, and so that really kind of has become the the part that's fascinated me most. I've spent better part of my career kind of looking at that problem and trying to solve that problem.
1: Sounds good. You did have a, a couple of stops in the corporate uh, executive role too. You were CFO for. Mosquito Zone, and uh, I think you did some advisory work with an accounting firm as well. How did those experiences help you to where you are today?
0: The role with Mosquito Zone was very enlightening on a couple of levels. Uh, we, I came into the company right as a new CEO, had uh, taken over the company. Uh, it was a family-owned company, so a different person had come in within the family And he convinced me, based on his background, growing other companies to join him. And we took the company in four years and grew sales 7X. So, you know, it wasn't a huge company, but, you know, it was a seven-figure company. And then we grew it 7X. Then he got sick and never came back into work, eventually passed away. Another family member stepped in. So, we've got the same employees, same customers, you know, same pretty much everything, but we have a different leader and the company actually went down faster than it went up and pretty much returned to where it started. So that was a really, you know, enlightening journey, both on the, the road up and I didn't see the whole road down, but I saw the, uh, the initial decline. So that, that was uh, very, very enlightening for me. Um, some of the other stops, I, I was early in my career was with a Big Bank, eventually became part of Chase and saw a big corporate world. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, seen a couple other companies. So a lot of different perspectives, try and learn from each one and, you know, bring it all together.
1: So I'm going to go back to one of the concepts here is how to take your company's sales from, as you characterize it, stuck to two times in two years. So you have a fantastic background and you've had a number of corporate and entrepreneurial stops. So if there's, let's say, two or three things that you have seen over the years that seem to be common elements of why a company can't go and scale up as you've seen it, what would those two or three things be? What are some of the common, I don't want to call them errors or mistakes, I would say what would be the common learning experiences that you can comment about? Right. So
0: let me paint a little picture. Typically, the people that start companies are either salespeople or product people, maybe some combination of both. They, they really know their market. They know their product. They know how to reach customers and they grow. You know, they add people. Initially, it's maybe a handful of people and the owner by necessity and best practice is involved with everything. They've got the vision. They know they have the skills and they're directing things. That's fantastic. All of a sudden, now they've got 10, 15, 20, 25 people. And at this point, that same thing that's made them so successful, you know, having their hands in all the pieces of what's going on is now limiting their growth. And so the ability to transform your company from a the everything, the owner touches everything type of situation and transform it into the owners delegating everything and building a team, a management team and a bigger team so that everything gets done through other people. That transition is the one that I've seen over and over. And to me, that is the key element. And once you get stuck, when you grow to that point, and it's different for different industries, exactly the, the size of companies, but you grow to a certain point and you need to have a transformation to be able to continue growing and scale up and potentially grow and grow and grow. You
1: no, know, I crack a smile because I was waiting for that word delegate to appear and it took a couple of seconds <laughs> before it did. And you know, it almost sounds counterintuitive. So here you are, a small business owner, and you take pride and joy with what you have started, what you've created. And then you're talking about adding people. And this owner, again, based on what I'm hearing you say, the owner almost has to let go for that expansion to continue. It almost sounds counterintuitive. Am I right about that? But it actually does help you because surrounding yourself with subject matter experts that probably can do a little bit better job than you can with you trying to keep your hands and everything. Am I kind of saying that right? Is that what you're saying?
0: I think you've said it beautifully. It is counterintuitive. You know, if you've been running, you know, marathons, you know how to run marathons, and you want to keep doing the same thing to getting better. But with what well, the situation we're facing, the things that have made you successful, the things you've gotten to you at this point are now the things that are limiting you from going forward. And so, that is very counterintuitive.
1: Yeah. So, uh, as you go along the way, you got to be able to rely on the uh the people who are successful around you to help you build. So are you seeing, are are there any particular types of companies that you work with that make more sense for you and your uh, abundant framework or is it wide reaching? Is it smaller size, bigger size? I know I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you, but is there a a sweet spot for you and, uh, and those that you assist?
0: There definitely are some characteristics. In terms of industry, it's very broad. You know, if it's something like real estate or oil and gas reserves, where it's all about the asset, that's not a fit. But, you know, service companies, distribution companies, manufacturing companies, software companies, they all depend on people to get things done. And so those are a great fit. Typically, what I see is companies with between 10 people and 100 people is where most of the companies that use the Abundant tools, which is our software based on the Abundant framework, that's where the sweet spot is. It's you know, we're, you're less than ten people. You probably are best off just saying, "You do this, you do this." I've got my hand touching everything, and that's great. And if you've already made it over a hundred people, you've probably already addressed the situation and and have figured out a way to to delegate and build the team around you.
1: Oh, good. So tell me a little bit about your team. How do you and your colleagues, how do you divvy up the work? Are there any specialties that you do and maybe your colleagues do differently? Or does each client have a, a minimum of three team members from your group? How does all that work for you to help your clients?
0: Right. So we're primarily a software company ourselves at this point. And we partner with business advisors who use our tools and we refer opportunities to them. So we have a you know a element of the advisor and in partnership with our software. And you know I've definitely seen the company transform when I started the software aspect of it. You know it was pretty much me, myself and I and at this point you know we've got a half dozen people doing different things we're very much a virtual company so we've we've had to you know get used to using a lot of the tools that you know with the, the last couple of years a lot of people have had to uh, deal with communication tools whether zoom or slack or whatever they might be to communicate and and deal with people remotely so that's kind of the way we we address the situation.
1: So what are the key data points or the key interactions of you and your team in terms of developing the software and then your clients who, I would assume, have access to the software to help them out? What, what are the data inputs that are going to help them uh, get unstuck, if you will, and uh, multiply their sales accordingly?
0: Right. So one of the first things everybody wants to know is where we're going. I mean, what's the uh, the old start with the end in mind? So having a brief plan, I like to call it a one-page business plan. I know that's uh, that terms used by, you know, a number of different groups, but putting it all on one page, quick summary so I can easily communicate where we're going. To me, that's really important for any people organization. I don't think that's revolutionary. So we start with that. The next thing is, how do we organize the people we've got? Where do I fit in? Where do I fit in is a really important thing for everybody to know to, to feel comfortable, feel like they're part of the team. And so we've got org charts, we've got some uh, very flexible, powerful, and easy to use drag and drop org charts that allow you to take different views of the organization and easily you know, communicate that. It's all, all this is available on the web. And from there, we go to management meetings, we go to more details on delegating and supervisory skills as well as tracking processes and a learning management system to help educate people and train train your staff. So those are some of the things that we're doing in terms of helping companies. You know, these are all tools that companies have been using for many, many decades, but it's putting them all together, they interact and make it easier. So there's, there's how people use these tools.
1: So a couple of points I get out of your commentary there is that communication and planning are effective and not just one time or once every few months, but periodic communication and planning is needed. And I also extract from your commentary that if you fail to plan, you're basically planning to fail. So you have any other commentary relating to those comments?
0: I think just to kind of take it a step further, I know you're in the m and world. And so it's, it's not just important, but critical to growing your company for yourself. But if you're going to sell a company, your company becomes so much more marketable If you've got a plan, if you've got processes, if you've got, here's how I train people, so much easier for a new owner to walk into your company with all that in place. And, you know, I would, uh, based on my experience, I'm sure you've got a lot more experience, but my experience is your company's worth a lot more with those things in place. Yeah,
1: there's nothing better than having current financials, a current operating plan, current marketing plan, Everything if it's current um, unfortunately there are many times I run into business owners who get a little exhausted a little burnt out and they put the brakes on that and uh, my advice to them is to always keep on going so you can maximize your value uh, are there any other pieces of advice that you give clients I mean is there something that is just like paramount one two and three automatic from the starting gate that you need to relay on to your uh, to your clients one of the
0: things that I've found most critical to success in so many endeavors, but certainly in running a business is listening. And we all listen. And the thing that I found is that we've been trained in school to listen to respond. You know, oh, if you know the answer, hold up your hand, tell me the answer. That's listening to respond. And that's that's great. But there's another level, which is just listening to understand. And when you can really do that with your employees and your customers, you'll gather so much more information. People will tell you things that they wouldn't have otherwise told you. And that's that's so powerful. So if you can work on that skill, if there's one skill that's going to tell someone to work on, that would be it.
1: You know, that's critically essential in the success of businesses and getting maximum value for your business. is uh, Basically, You know, you and I both have clients we are catering to. And if we're not listening to what it is that's on their mind and their objectives, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to help them accordingly. And uh, while I want every client of mine to sell their business, so of course, I can make a fee on selling the business, some of them are not ready to do so. And I would be doing them a disservice by not telling them, that hey, you have to do A, B, and C before you're ready to sell. And you're the person that could do that. Because my goodness, to take a company from stuck to, to doubling sales in a in a couple of years, I mean, that's an excellent framework. You talk about keeping things short and sweet to one page, and there's nothing more essential than being able to boil down which could be a 300-page business plan down to the key elements of page on, on the first page is essential. You basically have to keep it simple, right? Is that what you're saying, too?
0: Yeah, what's that old, uh, you know, keep it simple um, saying?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. You know you wanna- I've run into KISS quite a few times, but and again, another thing, it sounds counterintuitive, but the uh, the uh, more succinct you can do it, the better it is to understand and the better it is for you to be able to take those concepts going forward. Well, unfortunately, Carl, we're running out of time here. Is there anything our Q's and A's didn't cover that you want our audience to know about?
0: Yeah, I think we've had a great conversation. I'm pretty pleased with the topics we've covered. I'm sure there's a whole lot more you and I have a lot of fun talking about. But for for now, I think we've had a great
1: discussion. Absolutely. Is there anything you do uh, that's not business related that keeps your balance together? Do you like to play golf or does that add to your misery like me?
0: Uh, Yeah, I caddied as a kid, so I know enough about golf to know that I'm not very good at it. And I just don't practice enough, but I do I do enjoy a good walk and I usually take my dog to do that every day. So that's that's one of my fun things to do.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. Well, you need that balance every so often. You need to kind of uh, disconnect, but reconnect with uh, some more energy as you go forward. Well, Carl, it's been great. I appreciate you sharing your insight. Where can our audience go to find out more information about you, your business, and uh, anything else relevant to what we talked about?
0: Right. Well, Abundant.com is our website. So you can get a lot of information there. If you'd like to get an assessment of where your business is, we've got a free assessment at quiz.abundant.com. And of course, you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, all the social media. So look for us there and appreciate the opportunity.
1: Thanks so much, Carl. I appreciate your insights and thank you audience again for listening for uh, better ways to uh, enhance the value of your business. And uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Many more episodes in the past, many more coming. So stay tuned and uh, thank you for your your listening uh, time today. Thanks so much. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business.